Welcome back to another edition of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan, and I'm joined by Sounders majority owner, Adrian Hanauer. Uh, how are you doing, Adrian? I'm doing pretty well, Jeremiah. You know, all things considered, the sun sun's starting to shine a little bit. So uh, hopefully that is the, the light at the, uh, at the end of this very, very long tunnel. Yeah, so um, let's, let's start there. Um, where, I mean, uh, how, how, just broadly speaking, how, are, how do you feel like you're, you're holding up? Do you feel, how are you feeling like the organization is kind of holding up? Yeah, you know, I was joking with you. Um, you know, I don't really like people. So, you know, this is easy <laughs> for me quarantining and uh, hanging out solo. Um, uh, just spending time with my, uh, with my girlfriend and my son. Uh, so, um, you know, everything, everything's good here. We're, we're healthy, uh, family's healthy. So, um, and, you know, we're fortunate to be in a pretty good position and be able to, you know, live in a house with some room and, and things. So everything good there. Um, you know, organizationally, uh, things are, things are solid. Um, uh, you know, our people are, um, like, absolutely excelling and coming through uh, this, this crisis really strongly and uh, positively. Um, you know, my, my senior team that I, we, we talk to, we talk every day uh, or, you know, Zoom every day or Teams every day. And, and uh, they're doing a, a tremendous job of, you know, sort of, adjusting to the new world and, and, uh, you know, helping me plan for what the future might look like, um, with the Sounders and, and MLS and, and then just trying to take care of our, uh, of our team. Um, you know, everyone that, that works within the Sounders organization, the whole Sounders family, you know, trying to make sure people are, are doing okay, uh, especially mentally during this, during these times. Yeah, it does seem like that is an easy thing to sometimes overlook is the the mental aspect of this is that, uh, you know, especially I would think especially for people who are having to quarantine kind of by themselves or at least away from family, that this is probably a lot harder on them than it is uh, for people like, like myself and I suppose like you who are surrounded by the people you have, you know, kind of chosen to to really be surrounded by. Um, and I would imagine for an organization like yours, you probably have quite a few people who are, you know, like I said, either by themselves or at the very least away from their loved yeah. ones. Yeah, no, for sure. We have some young, young single people um, and, you know, doing our best to, to keep in touch and, and make sure they're doing well. And, and the different, you know, teams within the organization, whether it's the marketing team or the ticket sales team or, or the, the players are uh, certainly getting on um, video conferencing calls uh, fairly often. And, uh, you know, we're just, everybody's trying to take, uh, uh, take care of each other. And, and, you know, I guess if, if there's some silver lining out of this crisis is that it does feel like, you know, our society, like people are, are trying to take care of each other. I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it felt like that uh, 120 days ago. So, yeah. uh, 
like I think that 120 days or 10 years ago is I think the way that math works. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like coronavirus uh, years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so along those lines, it it from what I understand it, uh, and I pardon apologize if I have some ambient noise from my my family, but I think that adds to the coronavirus uh, uh, kind of interviews. But anyway, um, it it sounds like your your company is the the sounders are able to stay basically intact uh, at least so far that you uh, you know we've seen a couple reports that um, there's been no furloughs and no layoffs uh, associated with the the, the sounders um, is that kind of accurate and is that kind of the intention going I would imagine it's the intention going forward yeah yeah I mean look we're we're gonna do everything possible to keep this family together um, I think you know I think maybe the athletic did yeah. some uh, reporting Sam Steskel, Steskel, uh that uh, the senior team coaching staff came to me, said, we want to take salary cuts because we want to keep this team together. Um, you know, everybody in our organization realizes the gravity of this situation. Um, and we've done some other, you know, sort of gotten rid of all discretionary spending and did some things with our 401k plan to, to, to limit some expenses and froze higher. You know, we're doing, we're doing all the, the stuff that normal, that companies do in this, in this time of crisis. Uh, we did also apply uh, for, the, for the CARES uh, Act, the, 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 the bailout from the, the federal government, um, which, uh, you know, we're pretty confident will come through and, you know, help us uh, keep keep people uh, paid for, you know, that's another couple of months of, of support from the government. So, um, and, you know, we're going to do our absolute best. Uh, we're, you know, we get new information every single day. Uh, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but ultimately, what we want to do is come out the other end uh, an even stronger organization and, and uh, you know, be there to provide some joy to our fans um, after a, a, you know, pretty long, dark, dreary spring. Yeah. Uh, uh, however long this lasts. Yeah, right, right, uh, right. Like, let's, let's hope it's, it's spring. Um, but that also feels very optimistic, unfortunately. Um, but that, that said, uh, one of the things that, that you've done, uh, you created this fund that is help that that is I guess helping support uh, businesses and individuals and nonprofits in and around the the kind of the stadium area. It started with a five hundred thousand dollar kind of seed money from you. What is the status of that fund? Uh, I believe it's called the Sounders Relief Fund. Uh, what's the status of that in terms of like has it started being? Have you started handing out? money uh what like how big i know there was other donations coming into it that have expanded it beyond the initial five hundred thousand. yeah um you know the first part was getting it stood up um and uh getting that initial um seed funding in uh we've you know we've started to try to try to generate a little bit more um uh revenue into that fund uh, we've had fans step up and participate. 
Um, uh, owners have stepped up, although I haven't twisted arms very, uh, very hard yet. Um, uh, That's other Sounders owners, I'm assuming, is what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, we've had sponsors starting to indicate interest in, in getting involved. Um, we also uh, uh, are running our, um, we have a performance, uh, sports performance uh, seminar that we do um, or symposium that we do every year. And this one's obviously going to be virtual. Uh, the uh, the signups have been, you know, kind of off the charts. I think we're, I don't know, close to 600 people who've, who are paying $50 each and all that money is going to the, going to the, uh, the fund. So, you know, there's probably another hundred thousand dollars in it now. Um, but you know, my hope is that we can raise a million bucks. Uh, the, the, um, first cycle of giving, uh, we're, we're um, accepting applications right now. I should know exactly how you do it, but you can link to it through the website. Um, sure. $1,000 individuals, uh, I think up to $10,000 small business grants. Uh, and yeah, just trying to, you know, do our part to make this as, you know, make this as least impactful as possible for our community. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be devastating for our community. Uh, it's going to be devastating for our region, our state, our country, the world. Um, uh, and, you know, those of us who are lucky enough to be in a position to, to help out a little bit, I, I think our, you know, our, you know, does, does, should be helping out. Um, and so, you know, my family wanted to do what, what we could and, and certainly I'm gonna try to get other people to participate as well. And I mean, it, as, as a native Seattleite and as someone who took so much pride in kind of moving the headquarters down into Pioneer Square and kind of be part of that whole Pioneer Square revival, um, have you been down? I mean, I would imagine you probably haven't, but maybe you have. Have you been down into Pioneer Square since then? I mean, I, I'm guessing it's like a, it, there's not a lot going on down there. Yeah, honestly, Jeremiah, I haven't. Um, I, uh, no, I haven't been down there in six weeks. Um, so uh, heard a lot of stories anecdotally that, yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing there, nothing open. Right no one there. Um, and, uh, you know, again, for small businesses, small, medium, and large, I mean, again, this, this is just devastating. Uh, and, uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take a while for us to all recover once we get through this in some form or fashion. So I'm, I'm kind of curious as to the retrospective a little bit on how this this whole situation arose. Like, I know we, we heard reports about this late in February uh, to the point where there was at least some question whether or not like the, the Chicago fire game was going to be played. Obviously there was a lot more uh, momentum behind that by the time the Columbus crew game got played. What, what were you guys hearing at that time? And is there anything that you look back on now and feel either particularly happy that you guys 
dealt with it the way you did or maybe you felt like you had done differently uh, in, in kind of those early days? Yeah, I mean, look, we were, we were in close communication with the state, county, city, public health, like stadium, um, and, you know, basically following the lead of, of the public health officials. Um, obviously, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a, you know, I don't study viruses. I, I, it, like, um, we, you know, we tried to follow follow the, the, the science and the people who were recommending what we should do. Um, uh, you know, I think in retrospect, any anyone on the planet could, you know, come up with things like, you know, should there have been airplanes filled with people flying around? I mean, should there still be? I, I don't, I don't know. Churches, birthday parties, like, um, so, uh, you know, we feel, we feel comfortable with, with what happened and the way things went. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and obviously we all know more today than we did a week ago or two weeks ago or two months ago. And, and hopefully we as a society will make good decisions going forward as we, uh, as we come out of this. So from, and I, and I think kind of to back that point up, like even after, like even going into the following week's game, you guys were ready to get on a plane to go to Houston. Um, the whole league was ready to play games that weekend. The whole sporting world was effectively still operational. And then suddenly on, I, I think it was the night of March 11th, everything sort of changed. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like? for you and, and, and as someone who was kind of seeing this all unfold and I'm guessing was, was on some of the phone calls where it was like, no, the season is, is off and it might be off for a long time. Um, and because it seemed like it went really rap, like it went from being like, well, we'll see how this develops to like everything is shut down, like almost virtually overnight. Yeah. And look, I think it was to your point, it, it more, more science, more, math coming in and and ultimately someone sort of starting the dominoes falling and and i think uh it was was it the was it the game in utah the yeah the jazz oklahoma city game where the doctor comes running out and it's like you can't play the game yeah um uh and you know but it was you know look this was a, it was a tough period because you know we were talking to people in new york um where this thing hadn't hit at all and you know i remember in those early days that like not confusion but like you know not really understanding um the conundrum um just because it hadn't hit yet and uh right and so um once the the that game and the the you know the panic hit in in Utah, you know I think that it was sort of an obvious decision making tree and domino effect from there. But but obviously not that obvious, obviously not that obvious, obviously not that clear because all over the country for weeks and weeks that followed there was there were more 
you know, more church gatherings and birthday parties and, and spring breaks and breaks. there's still a handful of states that haven't shut down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and look, this is a, man, this is a super complicated thing, right? And I'm not, I'm not any smarter than the next person, but you know, as you think about what comes next with our economy, um, you know, we, it feels to me like we're a society that's pretty, pretty black and white in our decision-making. Um, and, uh, this is not going to be one of those things. Like there are, when we open up our economy again, there are going to be, you know, infections and people are going to die. And, and like, as horrible as that is, I, I don't know, like, I'm not sure we can stay closed for two years um, until there's a vaccine. I, right. I, and so, you know, this is, again, this is Adrian's personal sort of, you know, analysis and how I think about this. But, you know, like when people get in their cars to drive, well, let's leave, let's add, let's call it a soccer game, drive to a soccer game. They're taking a risk getting on the freeway and, you know, and then when they walk out of the stadium through, you know, whatever neighborhoods they walk through, there's risk. And, and I know that this is, I mean, this whole virus, it's so scary and unknown. Um, but at some point in time, we are all, we're all going to have to take some risk, whether we go to a stadium or get in an airplane or go to church or go to a restaurant or, um, and we do, we do already. It's just more, we've just had more time to get used to it, I guess. And, and, and kind of put it in the back of our minds. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's right, that we're never going to get to risk zero. Uh, and I, and I think that that's, that's understandable, but, there's also, I'm guessing, the, you think that there are some mitigation factors that we might need to get to before we, I mean, because it's, it's one thing to say, like, well, it's, there's always risk involved in everything, right? And then there's another thing that, well, like, this is a different kind of risk at the same time. And, and what things do you think we'll see when there are games like, when do you think you'll feel comfortable bringing fans into CenturyLink Field? Yeah, like I don't, not necessarily a date, but what are like the what are the elements of that you you would want to be see satisfied? Well, look, I'm not I'm not smart enough to know um, the right answer, um, but I'm dumb enough to speculate and you know, answer the question anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and I, look, I, I read a lot and I talk to a lot of smart people. Um, and so, you know, I, obviously testing is a big piece to the puzzle overall. Um, we just have to get mass testing right in this country. Um, First, we have to get it right for the really sick people. Then we have to get it right for the marginally sick people. Then we have to get it right for the people who have been around sick people. 
and eventually we you know we work our way to getting it right for sporting events and movie theaters and you know things like that so just you know to be very clear um our priority as a society you know needs to we need to make sure we get our priorities right um uh you know there obviously antibody testing um you know kind of having a better understanding of what really happened in our in our society and how many people were exposed and who you know who has immunity if they do have immunity um uh you know we have to be able to 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 track and trace and you know like just a whole bunch of infrastructure has to be in place and in place and you know this isn't necessarily about playing soccer games just about you know yeah. getting our getting our economy uh back up and running and you know in a in a, in a high functioning way and to your point that you know mitigates risk the best possible um i think that you know there's a world where uh you know you have your temperature taken everywhere you go um uh um you know there's a world where uh, you, you know, you have something with your mobile device that, you know, that gives you the green light to, to, to go into certain places or, you know, that you've been screened. Um, you know, I think that, again, I think one of the things that will help us overall is therapy, therapeutics. Can we, you know, every day, I'm sure you read it as well, there's a different way of treating the virus, different way of using respirators, uh, you know, putting people on their stomachs to, you know, like different ways of treating the disease. And, and again, if we can, if we can make it so that the worst is that you're really sick and, you know, there are very, very few people who are dying, then, you know, that I think, again, for me personally, that would, um, give me some level of comfort. Um, Cause I'm in the, I'm in one more, you know, an age bracket higher than you, um, <laughs> at least. Um, so I'm, you know. Just, just one, I think. What's that? I think it's just one. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm in one of those categories where I'm, I would not want us to be careless. Um, but I also, you know, know that I am going to have to accept some level of risk when, you know, up until there is a vaccine, um, which, you know, probably real is realistically is, you know, a year plus away. So anyway, I, look, I, you know, again, you can ask way smarter, better able people to, to paint their vision for this. Well, but. The, the reason I, I ask you, though, is because you obviously uh, have a lot of control over when people start showing up to a big a venue. And I would think that, you know, that's you... probably overstated. OK, certainly. fair enough. Look, fair enough. Seriously, like federal, state, county. Sure. Yeah. City, health, uh, league. You know, like stadium, like we're <laughs> seventh on the you're seventh on the list. That's yeah, higher than, exactly. uh, than most people. But um, 
And, and I guess this is kind of related to that. You know, I, I think, you know, we've seen the way that Seattle has reacted to it. And, and it seems like Seattle has so far avoided this kind of nightmare scenario, mainly through kind of brute force measures like don't leave your house, right? Um, but we can also, but we're seeing all these reports and, and like I've, I know I've taken some solace in knowing that there is a UW biology department that is on top of this, that there's a Gates Foundation that's, you know, in town that we have, you know, the, we have all these medical organizations and all these research organizations and technology companies that are putting a lot of faith and or a lot of putting a lot of manpower and money behind like finding something that allows society to go on operating. And, and I think it's easy to kind of, maybe not easy, but you can see a world where Seattle figures this out and makes Seattle at least feel kind of safe, but that's not what's going to determine when MLS games start getting played again. It's going to be the lowest, presumably the lowest common denominator, like the weak link in the chain that we're going to, and I'm not going to say who that is, uh, but there's some like, at, at some point there's like you got to have maybe not every team like maybe you can figure out a way where it's like you can avoid one city somehow but like virtually every team is going to have to be at the same level and and do you have a sense like how confident are you that we're going to have games played in mls this season under any circumstances and how confident are you that we'll have games played in front of fans at the home stadiums of every well, so the first thing I will look, I'm, I'm, I come from a long line of cynics uh, and doomsdayers. So like, you know, like this is hard for me to say, but I'm not, I don't share your cynicism about, you know, Seattle will figure it out and, you know, and some other city won't be able to pull that off. I, I, I think that, I think this, the global community is coming together in a way that, you know, like when there's a vaccine, we're not going to, you know, hide it from Chicago. No, 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 I don't think it's a, not a vaccine issue. I could just think that the adoption of the, because it seems like there's a lot of tech, technolo, technological solutions that are being proposed, like apps that would track your movement and do all these things. And I could see Seattle being a little bit quicker to adopt some of those types yeah. of things. Um, whereas, and that's not to say that it's not to say that it makes it better. It's just that those people have access to that kind of technology more readily. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So look, um, as far as when, you know, in stadium, in markets, I look, I, I really, I, I have no better idea than you do. Um, I, 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 you know, again, testing, need to get testing right. We've come, you know, we've come a long way in 30 days, hopefully in, or maybe 45 days, um, hopefully in another 45 days or miles beyond where we're at uh, today. Um, uh, you know, therapeutics, who, who, I mean, who knows, you know, like maybe we will find some, again, further along today than we were 45 days ago, maybe in 45 days we'll have, um, you know, we'll have, have some things figured out. Uh, so, um, 
you know, we're just kind of like you. It's sort of day-to-day, week-to-week, learning a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, thankfully, we have some, you know, we have some wiggle room in our schedule that allows us to, you know, delay and postpone and, and but, you know, I'm realistic. At some point, that we're going to run out of runway. Um, and, right have to start making some more difficult decisions. And, um, uh, and you know, the other thing I'll, I'll say is that I've, you know, the, 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 we are in constant communication with um, other leagues in, in pro sports in the US, North America, as well as uh, soccer leagues all over the world. And, you know, we're going to be able to watch to some degree what, what happens in other, in other leagues. You know, I think a lot of people are watching the Bundesliga right now, um, training and, you know, heading towards games in May. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's some, you know, I, I think that it's, look, the heat is not going to make this virus go away. Um, but there is some, you know, plausible, um, plausible world where there are not, you know, the, the rate of, um, transmission goes down added to social distancing, which by the way, is here to stay. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm not shaking hands with anyone for the next two years. So if any of your, <laughs> any of your listeners, you know, are offended when I don't shake hands or I give them an elbow, you know, early warning. Yeah, um, it's, it is. It, you, you, I, I am very curious to see like what kinds of uh, little, like little, but significant changes we end up like adopting as a society, really. Like, I mean, like you're right. Like I, I could see a world where handshaking is just no longer a thing. Yeah, yeah. I look it like yeah I I uh, how do I say this in the it, it was interesting because I saw an interview with Donald Trump like 20 or 25 years ago he's like and it was on handshaking he's like I I don't like shaking people's hands I you know I always wash my hands afterwards and you know like I, ironic ironic <laughs> yes um, I guess we can so, maybe leave it leave that there. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think, look, because social distancing, I think that people are going to, I mean, probably people will wear masks. Um, I think people will wash their hands more often. I don't think they'll run their hands over railings quite as, you know, without being a little more aware. Um, uh, you know, hopefully there are technologies that, that you know, are, are in place that, don't allow the virus to um, propagate and, and, you know, spread. And, you know, so I think that, I think that the rate of transmission of viruses, whether it's the coronavirus or influenza are, you know, are going to go down coming out the other end of this, just on a almost permanent basis until we all forget. And then it happens again. And then we have to, right remind ourselves yeah like when we not to not like when we like when we got rid of measles and then we didn't somehow yeah. uh 
which uh, I would, yeah, like I would imagine a lot more people are going to be getting their flu shot now. Um, you would hope. You would like to think at least, right? Yeah. Um, so kind of along those lines, um, it, it feels like it's inevitable. Maybe it's not literally inevitable, but it does seem like we're heading toward a point where it's going to be virtually impossible for the Sounders and most other teams to, you know, you guys have 15 or yeah, you have 15, theoretically you have 15 home games left to play. Um, it's hard to see a world where you have 15 home games in front of fans uh, this season. How, how far down the path are you in figuring out what to do about that when it comes to, you know, season ticket holders? Yeah. I mean, look, we were, we're planning sort of have contingency planning done for 10 different scenarios. Um, uh, and, but we're, you know, we're not ready to, to give up. We, we actually, you know, I, I sit on the, the competition committee, it's called the product strategy committee and, and we're, uh, discussing all the different, you know, all the different scenarios. Um, I personally believe that there is, you know, there's a world where, um, you know, I know our cup is scheduled for November 15th or November 12th or something, but there's nothing that says it couldn't be December 12th or January 12th or January 30th or, you know, so if, if, you know, it, we start to see that possibility, um, I, I think we could get in all, if not, you know, a whole big pile, if not all of our games. Um, we can also find ways to, you know, if we need to play every Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, if we had to play through an international window, like, you know, there are, there are opportunities. So, um, uh, but again, like I mentioned, at some point in the calendar year, um, it's going to get, you know, it's going to get harder. Um, but I don't think we're there. We're there quite yet. Fair enough. Uh, it's going to get harder every single day that goes by. But there's going to come a point where it becomes impossible. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, unless, I guess, unless you guys are able to also create, you know, um, you know, like Star Trek style uh transportation devices true i true. who knows right yeah that that also kill viruses maybe uh but <laughs> uh, the, you know one of the other things that has come about in this whole situation is a fair number of people pointing out that uh for as as criticized sometimes that the mls ownership structure has been that this is one of those situations where it seems to be very much in the leagues, working in the league's favor, and that there's this collectiveness that you that it's not like there's one team that uh, is so much worse off than any other team in terms of you know the financial wherewithal of of surviving this whole situation. And a lot of people have pointed out that when it comes to the transfer market. And I don't know what this this summer will look like, but do you have a sense of of how strong MLS might be coming out of this? And and do you foresee a, do you foresee there being a summer transfer window? Um. So, 
let me answer it in a, as I always do, in a long sort of nuanced way, Jeremiah. Um, so first and foremost, um, I'm really glad that I am part of Major League Soccer. Um, you know, the leadership at the league level has been tremendous with, uh, with Don uh, and, you know, Mark Abbott and Gary Stevenson and, and uh, Todd Durbin and Anastasia Danias. And like, there's this group who have been absolutely tremendous in, you know, in this crisis. Uh, the ownership is rock solid. Um, and to your point, uh, you know, lots of criticism of single entity structure, um, you know, no promotion, relegation, um, uh, you know, salary cap, the whole, you know, whole, heard it over the years, but that some of those principles are what will allow this league to survive and thrive coming out the other end. Um, you know, look, it's it's my soapbox and my uh, perspective, but there are a lot of leagues and teams around the world that are going to be uh, in a world of her coming out the other end of this and may not survive. Um, you know, entire leagues may be insolvent, uh, teams for sure, federations possibly, um, you know, this is, this is going to be really bad. And, and look, the losses at the league and team level will be, uh, in, in MLS, will be astronomical. Um, you know, hundreds of millions, billions, like really big numbers. Um, but the, uh, the MLS ownership uh, is solid and uh, committed to, you know, committed to the league and, and their teams long-term. So that, that is fantastic. Um, uh, the, you know, everybody has a different opinion about how this um, will affect the um, player and transfer market overall. Um, I believe that the transfer market will be um, significantly impacted, um, uh, you know, to the tune of, you know, valuations being half what they used to be. Um, in some cases, a third, maybe in some cases, the discount's only 25% or the, or the devaluation. Um, but uh, I, I think that um, this event is going to, you know, turn the, the sports industry, the soccer, soccer business kind of upside down in that way. And, and um, you know, others don't share my belief. Um, but, uh, you know, even from my sort of anecdotal kind of research on players that we've looked at in the past and you know the the values the prices are way different than they were 90 days ago so um uh so and and just the, you know in terms of 
will there be a transfer market active transfer market in the summer i'm assuming you 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 mean relative to mls yeah obviously i i think it's too early to say um you know i know that fifa will have something to say about how when the windows open close based on when leagues are playing again and when they're ending and and so i i, I think that um I think it's too early to know uh, what what teams in our league will be will be thinking about doing if when we're playing again and playing with fans, without fans, home markets, neutral markets, you know. So we just don't have a, a, a enough information yet. But it sounds like there are. I mean, based on like, you know, I follow the, the transfer kind of the rumor market and it seems like, I mean, it, I get the sense that there's definitely still conversations going on between, you know, front offices and, and agents and whatnot. Like, is that fair to say that there's still like, it's not like all the agents have just closed up shop and are saying, we'll get back to you when there's games again or something. Oh, for sure. And look, I think it's, it's team by team, league by league. Um, uh, you, you know, I can tell you we're like, we're not really in an active, you know, active position right now. We're, you know, we're trying, we're, you know, kind of coming out of triage mode, but for a long time we were in triage mode, just trying to figure out what we were going to do to sort of uh, batten down the hatches and, and ride out this, this storm. Um, but we are starting to get to that place where we're thinking about um, uh, what the transfer market might look like. But we're also, Jeremiah, looking, about the re looking at the realities of what our business, the MLS business, may look like going forward. Again, I said I'm from a long line of cynics and doomsdayers, you know, I, I, you know, I think our economy is going to be impacted. Um, I think that we are going to lose some season ticket holders. I think that some sponsors are going to struggle. I think some sweet holders are, I think people are going to buy less food and beverage and merchandise. Like, I, I think this will have a an impact on our business going forward. And so we have to start thinking about how that impacts what, what we do going forward. Um, you know, for better, for worse, you know, I've always told you, we've sort of had these five strategic objectives and, and number five is to run a uh, rational and sustainable business. Um, and, you know, if our business looks very different coming out the other end, I still wanna run a rational and sustainable business. Um, you know, I've talked about it a million times. We've never spent the most amount of money on players in the league. We probably never will. Uh, we always want to compete for championships. I think we've done a, a, a pretty good job of that. And, uh, and so we, you know, we want to make sure that we are rock solid going forward um, as a, as a su sustainable business. Well, that seems like a, a good place to, to call this interview. I really appreciate you taking the time, Adrian. Um, hopefully you are 
staying safe and staying sane and uh, and not uh, and 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 I gotta say it it, it does feel good to uh, be covering a team that that is at least uh, outwardly trying to like do the right thing in this situation and um, and so that's it's great to see. Oh, thanks, Jeremiah. We're you know we're doing our best. I I miss all of our fans. I miss you know, that energy at the stadium. I miss watching training, watching our games, um, you know, miss seeing our staff, um, miss seeing you and, you know, you and everybody down at, <laughs> down at Starfire for training. It's, you know, it's, it is weird. It is weird times. Um, it is. We will get through it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, I think sports is is one of those important parts of our culture and society, and you know we need to we need it to be safe. But um, but I think that you know eventually we need to 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 bring it back and and give people something to, to rally around. Well, very good. I appreciate it again, and uh, I'm signing off for the Sounder Heart Podcast. Jeremiah Shan. Thanks again to Adrian. Uh, we will see you next time.